Welcome back to The Coach's Show on KBPK. I am Ryan Osborne, joined by Raymond Vasquez. This week, well, we're going to get a little bit of Canyons. We're going to get a little bit of East L.A. It's kind of a mix of what Fullerton College did versus what they're going to do. Right back here at Hal Sherbeck Field, we've got more coaches on the way, in addition to a little bit of a roundup of what's going on in Fullerton's league. All that right here on The Coach's Show. Hello, I'm Raymond Vasquez here on KBBK. I am here with Jamari Griffin, defensive back for the Hornets. Jamari? How you doing? Amazing game on Saturday. Thank you. Two interceptions. Tell me how it was for you. Uh, it was exciting, man. Exciting. I was locked in. Uh, I actually told my teammates before the game what I was going to do, and I came out and did it, so I kind of feel good about it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely. Now, how did you know? I mean, you we watch the game and we see these plays happening. How did you know what was going to happen, especially for the second one? So uh, it just was film study. Uh, me, number one, believing in myself, believing in myself, confidence, um, film study. We knew that I was playing the sticks. We knew what they like to do. Um, and the quarterback kind of just was, he wasn't reading us reads. He just was kind of, he had a favor every time. So just penitence of what the quarterback like. Mm-hmm. So last week I got a chance to talk with defensive back coach Phil Austin, and he's your coach. So how is it working with him? Man, it's amazing, man. Like he's someone that critiques you so much, and he, his main thing is believing what he teaches you. Like if you don't believe it, mm-hmm. you, like you making it hard for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you believe in everything you say, the players come to you. Like Saturday, mm-hmm. I believed in everything you said, and the players came to me. Now I saw that you're from Detroit. What brought you here to Fullerton College? Um, I kind of wanted to change the scenery, man. Like Detroit is really not you. You gonna see no palm trees, no beaches. So, you know, I I seen the opportunity and I took it. Hmm. Honestly, what's something that Coach Austin has told you that kind of resonates with you, or that you're gonna keep after your time finishes here? Your te- your technique set you free. Your technique set you free. So if you work what you've been coached, then the sky's the limit for you. But if you're trying to make up what you want to do, like just make up random things, then you go have a hard time in the game. Mm. What does football mean to you? I've been able to talk with some coaches here and hear their experiences, but what does the game mean to you? The game means everything, man, like everything to me. It's, it's, it's a passion. It's everything. Like I can literally sit and watch football all day, watch film all day. Even back in the day, I can turn on some film from back in the day. I can just watch film all day. Like, I love the game. It's everything to me, honestly. So, with an amazing game this Saturday, how are you meshing with the new freshman being a sophomore now? Uh, I kind of just try to teach them mistakes that I, I made myself. So, I don't want them to repeat the steps that I made. I want them to be better than me. Like, I was just telling the freshman, like, I had two interceptions in the first quarter. I want you to have four. Mm. So, just buy into the program, buy into what the coaches teach you, and study film, bro. Watch, always watch yourself and critique yourself. Mm-hmm. What got you into football and studying film and doing all these things that no normal football player does? Uh, college, really. Um, so when I first got started playing football, I was in the seventh grade, eighth grade. I started taking it serious my sophomore year. 
Uh, so when I got to college, that's when I started really knowing about studying film like all day. Like if you study film all day, the game Saturday, you're going to be 100 steps ahead from the team you playing because you know what they're doing. Like Saturday, I showed an instance. Like I watched film on them, so I knew it was coming before it came. Hmm. Now, why defensive back? That's where the money at, especially uh, my size, 6'1", lockdown corner. I'm take, I like my chances. Oh, yeah. I like my chances. So being a sophomore now, what does football in the future look like for you? Just trying to stay focused, stay focused, uh, get out, basically. Like, um, this is my second year. Um, I obviously had troubles in the past. Um, now I'm just trying to get out, go D1, and finish, execute. I'm trying to make it to the league, man. So I'm trying to execute. Absolutely. Do you have any favorite teams in the professional league? Or? Favorite team right now? Right now, I like the Jets. I like the Jets, the New York Jets. That's my go-to team right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got the rest of the season. We're only three games in. What else can we hope to see coming in? Me hard every time. Like I'm, I'm, I only get better. Like, I only get better every day. I, I focus on getting better. I, I don't think too much of the two picks or anything in the past. I, I work on getting better every day. So, well, it's been Raymond Vasquez here on KBPK with Jamari Griffin. Jamari, thank you so much, and wish you luck this Saturday. Sure, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. So just a few moments ago, you heard from Jamari Griffin, who had an excellent game on Saturday. But we're going to take a quick pause here because we've got an out-of-town scoreboard. Raymond, lots of good games on Saturday. Oh, there definitely were. Number two, Riverside played against Golden West. And then we also had Palomar and Saddleback from our own district. And when you take a look at those Palomar Comets, they're going to be here at Fullerton coming up in just a few weeks. You look at someone like Santa Barbara. Well, they play Saddleback. That's a common opponent right there. So we'll get to that out-of-town scoreboard. Raymond, take it away. Today we'll be doing a recap of last weekend's games, as well as this weekend's upcoming games. First, we have a Fullerton victory against College of the Canyons, 26-14, led by Fullerton's defensive back, Jamari Griffin, getting two interceptions in the first half, one of them being a 70-yard interception return for a touchdown in the first quarter. We also saw a strong performance by quarterback Brandon Nunez as well as the rest of the running backs at Fullerton College. Next, we have a Riverside versus Golden West game ending in a Riverside 40-15 victory. Golden West starting off strong in the first quarter, getting 3 to Riverside 0, but Riverside showing why they are number 2 in the nation, getting 24 by the end of the second quarter, ending the game and a 40-15 victory for Riverside. Next, we have San Diego Mesa versus Cerritos, ending in a San Diego Mesa victory of 14-10. Cerritos showing dominance in the first quarter, getting 10 to San Diego Mesa 0, but San Diego Mesa not giving up, and in the second quarter regrouping and getting 7-10, and finally ending the game in the third quarter, 14-10, in a San Diego Mesa victory. Lastly, we have Palomar versus El Camino, ending in a Palomar loss of 24 to 35. El Camino showing dominance the entire game from the first quarter to the last quarter, ending in a Palomar loss of 24 to 35. Now for the upcoming games for this week. We have Fullerton versus East LA at Fullerton College at 12 p.m. Next, we have Riverside versus El Camino at 1 p.m. at Riverside. 
we have Palomar versus College of the Canyons at 4 p.m. at College of the Canyons. And it'll be exciting to see how Palomar does because they are trying to stay up with Fullerton and the rest of the big dogs in this conference. And for reference, Fullerton has beat Palomar in 11 out of the last 12 games that they played against each other. And with the 1-1 record right now, they really could go either way. Last game to look at, San Diego Mesa versus Golden West at San Diego Mesa at 6 p.m. San Diego Mesa, an exciting opponent for Fullerton College. Two years ago, beat Fullerton to kick them out of the playoff contention. So it'll be exciting to see how they go up against each other. That's all you need to know for this week. Hello, this is Raymond Vasquez here on KBBK. I'm here with Passing Games Coordinator Coach Keenan Gardner. Thank you for joining me tonight. Absolutely. So, 3-0 and for this season. How's the passing game looking for your players? 3-0, you're giving us an extra game already? We got to go play this other one. 2-0 should be 3-0, and but yeah, no. Uh, uh, passing games, you know, long, like I said, is, it helps having a, a, a veteran quarterback uh, for quite a few of the years here. It was always our, our quarterback got out, graduated, moved on. But Brandon's been with us for actually three years now, but two years playing last year there. So it gives us a chance now to be to, to, to put in a little bit more of what we would like to run in our offense. So we're getting there. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect from your players going into the game every Saturday? Uh, the biggest is to play hard. Like I said, we were, my, the main thing is, is my guys, I like to be a reflection of me, is, is to go out there, play hard with an attitude, and be violent. Mm -hmm. like I said, and then we, it, we're expected to make plays. People mm -hmm. want to applaud receivers for making catches. I mean, that's what we're here to do. We're, we're supposed to. But what we can do is dictate and, and bring a physicality to the offense on the perimeter, where, whether blocking for our running backs or as our catch and run, that we're able to to break tackles and shit that we're a physical team, Brandon. So looking at Fullerton College, you see the offensive game about 50-50 between running and passing. So where do you see your position with your players during the game? Uh, we've balanced out a little bit more after last season was probably the first that we got closer to more run. We've always been a primary closer to about 65-35 pass versus run. But we had a dynamic running back last year, so it kind of scaled it. We got closer to 50-50. And right now, like I said, uh, again, I would say we probably get closer to 60-40 to as far as pass to run but really a lot of what we do is just dictated by what the defense has given us mm. I mean right now we had such a dynamic running game there uh, last year a lot of them are scheming us now for a heavy run so you'll start to see us be able to open up the pass and possibly this week here but yeah that's that's the one thing I like with uh, uh, being on coach uh, Campbell's staff is that he's, he doesn't get stuck and locked into where this is what we're going to do he absolutely will evolve and adjust on the fly and we just make sure that our guys are ready to be the hybrids to where if it's run if it's pass whatever we need to do called upon we get it done so what do you see your role as being a coach here past the game with your players what's that uh, past the game after the game oh man i'll probably be coaching they'll probably have to roll me to my funeral off of the field uh but yeah no 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 it's uh, like i say coaching is, is something it's it's with the my, my thing is to be out here with the players like i said I, I took ill a couple weeks ago i was out for a couple weeks and of everything and you know to my wife's tremendous she hated it is that what i missed more was just being here with the players, with the coaching staff, because there's just nothing like this game here as far as the camaraderie that you have with the, with the coaches and the, and the kids themselves. How is it to coach and be with players here with such a long and storied history of Fullerton College? What does that mean for you? It, uh, it actually meant more 
uh, after the game at Santa Barbara because it's ha you've had a storied history here, but playing at a different stadium. We were at Yorba Linda, and then we we're over here. Actually being on the campus and seeing all the alumni and all of the the people that were here and the history from school actually here on the campus for once, it actually changed my perspective about the because we knew it, you heard it, and you, but to actually feel it, to have the player, like I said, that we had uh, alumni here that were just invested in going up and talking to our players and letting them know what it meant to them for them to be here there. So, yeah, it, uh, the Santa Barbara, the first Sherback Classic, absolutely kind of brought that Philly more of a, like I said, made it a reality than just hearing it. How is it adjusting the freshmen to playing on a collegiate level? Oh, well, that's the one thing about junior college. You don't get the advantage of the four years of having juniors and seniors. So your, your freshman uh, that you have that's playing here now in about six months, he's an upper class. He's a veteran. So that evolution and helping guys transition to that, that's what I like about this level versus coaching at the four-year level is watching that, being a part of that process, that when you're at the four-year level, you're you have dynamic freshmen that may be impact there, but for the most part, they have to learn what is to be a, a college, a Division One or, or a four-year college player. Whereas here, that cycle, like I said, that, that process is quicker. You go from, like I said, you're, you're a freshman, and they go out there and make all the dumb freshman mistakes, and now in six months, that guy, you're expecting that guy to lead your group. So, yeah, it, it is a dynamic that uh, everyone, like I said, not all coaches like it. That's where this is kind of a niche, the junior college level, but it's, it's, it's rewarding. Is there any one of your players that we should keep an eye on for the season? Uh, well, that's, that's the thing, is that with my group here, there is where last year I had a couple of sophomores, actually three sophomores, that I knew were seasoned guys, that all of my guys, I only had one, one uh, C.J. Broy was the only one that played every game for me last year, and Jeremy, uh, uh, Jeremy and Christian had some experience, but for the most part, they're all playing their first college games here. Mm -hmm. So right now, we're kind of filling out who Jeremy had a good game up in Canyons, there Christian had a great game, the first one, so we're starting trying to fill out who's going to contribute what but I would say those two are off to the best start right now okay well I look forward to seeing what more your players can do this Saturday and going into the season amazing start and I can't wait to see what more we have here all right and I'm gonna hold you to that three and oh you already gave us huh? <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you coach Gardner right, thank you all right have a good we're being joined by quarterback Brandon Nunez and Brandon you know you and I were talking about it off camera a little bit you have a unique throwing motion that a lot of people, when they look at your throwing motion, they go, okay, it's different, but it works for him. How did you develop that? Um, well, growing up, I didn't have a quarterback coach. My quarterback coach was my dad, and my dad played in the MLB for 14 years. So instead of having a, you know, a normal quarterback wind up and all that, I kind of learned the baseball way, and that's kind of why my, my throwing form looks more baseball-ish. I can throw the sidearm. I can throw from really any angle. Um, and that's just me being able to, because I, I grew up playing baseball a little bit, my dad, and me learning how to throw from my dad, you know, that was, that was why my, my form looks a little different. When you take a look at your size that you have as a quarterback, it's something that you don't really often get at the community college level. How do you maneuver having your size, also being quick of foot, and then also being able to throw all at the same time? Um, I mean, you know, I kind of just, I think to myself, those are those are things that I'm going to need to, um, you know, because I mean, Fullerton College isn't forever. So um, wherever my next school is at, I know I got to 
make my game elite in every aspect to where when that coach decides to take the chance on me or not, you know, I try to give him, you know, no option, kind of force his hand a little bit and be like, yeah, we, you know, we need to offer this dude. This, this dude's a gamer. He's a competitor. And, you know, he, he has everything. So. I mean, when you mention trying to force something for a coach, that's it's an interesting statement because what we usually get from athletes, not just here at Fullerton, but all across community colleges, guys want to be able to showcase their skills, help their team win, and then they move on. But you're saying you help your team win, you showcase your skills, yes, but you also want to put the onus on the coach to say, hey, you know what, we have no choice but to get this guy over to us. Yes, because, um, I mean, last year a little bit, it was, it was the same situation. I was in a, was in a tough situation going into camp. Uh, Josh Calvin came in here. No knock to Josh Calvin. You know, he's a great quarterback, came from Utah State, all that. Um, but I knew that, you know, there's, there's things that he had that I needed to learn from, and there was things I had that I needed to learn from, and that was why Towards the end of the season, you know, we kind of went, you know, 50-50 and all that. But, um, but also, you got to have the mindset of, you know, I'm, I, I believe I'm better than this person, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and um, there were just, there was times where um, I kind of knew I was like, all right, well, this, you know, I kind of know what how coaches will treat the bounce backs, and you know what I mean? They're like, okay, well, they have more experience. They've played against tougher competition, so they kind of they kind of get the trust. They kind of get the trust level before you do and all that, so um, it was a big part for me to be able to, you know, compete with him, showcase, improve to myself and to coach that, you know what I mean, I deserve to be out there too, and that was kind of where I got the the mindset of, all right, I'm going to have to force coach's hand a little bit to give me some more play time. And, you know, um, that just becomes uh, comes with me getting better every week, competing, all that, forcing the hand. And, you know, and it's it's worked for me. So you talk about that play time. I want to go back to last year playoff game, Mount Sac. You know, you're here in Southern California. You know that there's a lot of guys all over the place in Southern California who can play Mount Sac is specifically. Yeah. When you take a look at that playoff game and being able to be in that atmosphere with that pressure as well, do you think that an experience like that helps you more going into this season? Yeah, of course. I mean, being able to play in a playoff game and understanding that, you know, it's not just like the regular season. It's not just like any game, you know what I mean? It's win or go home at that point, and, you know, they're out to, they're out to hit harder, run faster score more touchdowns so um it was it was a good environment to me uh for me to be in and you know i feel like that can definitely be used to my advantage this year for sure um and you know i plan on we fell short to riverside last year that was tough loss i got taken out of that game after i ran my touchdown sprained my ac joint and uh that's that didn't sit well with me it took me about two months just to even watch that game back but uh um, I made sure to get stronger. I made sure to get faster. I made sure to get better in every aspect to where, you know, when, when we get that chance again, we don't fall short. You know, what's interesting is that a lot of people talk about being able to learn from wins, being able to learn from losses, but you take a look at a matchup like you mentioned at Riverside. You Not only do you end up losing the game to Riverside, but you also go through that personal turmoil of having the injury. How were you able to kind of take that and go, okay, I can process this. This is how I'm able to improve for this upcoming season, knowing that you have the character buildup from what went on in that game. Yeah, um, I would say you know, um, you can you can definitely you would rather learn from a win than a loss, but um, winning is 
for especially from the quarterback position in my every time I step foot on that field that's that's what I expect I don't expect anything less so um, winning is winning's already an expectation losing I don't expect that so I learned a lot more from my losses than my wins they they hurt a little bit more they hurt a lot more actually <laughs> but um uh, it's definitely it's definitely uh it's you know winning or learning from those losses you know what I mean it's not fun so it's like you you try to make sure that you do everything possible to where you don't have to feel that feeling again so um, every time I come out on this field I expect to put uh, put my 110% out here in my blood sweat and tears and I don't expect anything less from my teammates as well and um, when we step foot on this field winning is the expectation um, nothing less so you're talking about learning and earlier we were talking about your family heritage you look at a guy like your dad who is at the highest level of his profession does it give you an opportunity to look at a very close family member and say this is the example i'm able to follow in yeah um my dad growing up um just hearing all the stories heard him multiple times <laughs> he might have forgot about him but i heard him um, but it was it was a great you know I mean that's my role model that's my hero truly um, for him to being able to play at the highest level in Major League Baseball for 14 years um, it's it's huge and I know the work ethic I know the mindset I know the mentality that it takes to get there and all that um, and he he stresses that to me every day um, but he's also my biggest fan my biggest supporter so he's hard on me but it's it's super tough love. Um, and I know he wouldn't be as tough. Uh, he wouldn't be that tough on me if he knew that I didn't have the ability or I didn't have the capability of making it all the way as well. So um, he's definitely my hero, definitely my role model. And uh, yeah, it was, it was always great uh, growing up with that and having that example um, to learn from. Well, Brandon, we want to thank you for joining us. One thing that we always mention, especially with the coaches, and you're seeing it here with Al Sherbeck Field and all the alumni that came back recently, is that this is a Hornet family and everyone takes care of themselves and takes care of each other just like that. So you mentioned the family aspect. You mentioned your dad. It fits in line with this Hornet program. So thank you for joining us. Thank we appreciate you. So much. you. Thank you for having me. So once again, we want to thank everyone from the Fullerton College coaching staff, in addition to Jamari Griffin and the Fullerton College Hornets, for joining us here on the Coaches Show this week. Again, I am Ryan Osborne, joined by Raymond Vasquez. Raymond, we go back to the past a little bit. College of the Canyons this last Saturday, very successful for Fullerton, but not the dominating victory that we're used to. Kind of was actually very reminiscent of the previous year at College of the Canyons. First quarter, second quarter, no one really wanted the football. And Raymond, when you take a look at the turnover totals for both of these two teams, it was ugly. Oh, absolutely, Ryan. Nobody really wanted the ball. We had a lot of different people dropping the ball. Nobody really seemed to want to rush. Throwing was off. But what's important to look at is the offense for Fullerton. The rushing game was amazing. While it wasn't the longest runs, it was consistent. And consistency is what really won the game for Fullerton on Saturday. You mentioned that you take a look at a guy like Brandon Nunez, who had one of his best rushing days in his college career. Nunez actually was commanding the offense, and this is kind of what Mark and Corey were talking about on the broadcast over the last couple of weeks. That was the type of game you wanted to see from Brandon Nunez. He grabbed a hold of the offense and said, you know what, I'm the captain of this ship, and this is the direction we're going to go. You mentioned the rushing. It was like you mentioned 
consistency, five, six, seven yards each and every time. You didn't really see those 85, 95-yard runs, but you saw first downs. You saw successful gains, and that's what really led Fullerton's offense. Now, when we switch from the past to the future, you look ahead to East L.A., who's coming over to House Sherbeck Field this upcoming Saturday. I mean, you heard it from Jamari. He said those guys are familiar. Oh, no. There were a lot of people that he said last year were on the bench that didn't get to play, and it'll be interesting to see what their reaction is and what the players' reactions are here to playing against former Hornets on Saturday. When you take a look at Saturday, both of these two teams haven't played in a while. Two different conferences, two different leagues, but East L.A. coming to House Sherbeck Field. That's going to be an early afternoon start. So once again, we would like to remind you, please stay tuned with the FC Hornets Athletic website and SportsNetUSA.net because if that time frame changes like we saw with College of the Canyons, you're going to keep yourself updated and be able to catch up with the game. So reminder... This Saturday, early afternoon, it's East L.A. visiting the Fullerton College Hornets at Hal Sherbeck Field. So that'll wrap it up for this week's edition of The Coaches Show. For Raymond Vasquez, I'm Ryan Osborne, thanking you for joining us here on The Coaches Show on KBPK.